saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Punt Intended, a fantasy NBA dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Rhett Bauer, joined as always by my co-host, Travis Fuller. It's good to be here, Rhett, and I'm very excited to be getting back to our team-by-team breakdowns. Yeah, absolutely. But we do have to get to some news because we were gone for a little bit, and it seemed like the whole world just blew up with injury because we've got tons and tons of updates. So first and foremost, it is Sunday evening when we're recording this, so Pascal Siakam returned tonight and played limited minutes, and apparently limited minutes meant 25, and he actually did pretty okay from the box score. Did you watch the game? Did you see how he actually looked on the court uh, I wasn't able to catch in and, and tune into that game at all but I did see he started at center which is interesting moving forward I, I actually really like that that starting lineup with Scotty at the four Siakam at the five OG at the three like so versatile I mean those guys can mix and match and pretty much guard anybody on the court so it'll be interesting to see how that starting lineup shakes out moving forward if they'll continue to do that or if they just ran that lineup because they were playing the Nets Exactly. I do think they'll probably run Siakam at center just because that gets their best players on the court. You know, like they, they can't not play Scotty Barnes. Trent Jr. apparently steals everything. So you just got to you got to throw your guys can you, out there. Can you do that if you're you know matching up against Philadelphia? You know, I, I mean, you know, maybe. Can you? But does Toronto care about matching up with Philadelphia this year? <laughs> maybe. I, I didn't mind that squad. They looked they look good today. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. I like that starting lineup. It looks good. Yeah, absolutely. Next is my guy, Killian, leading the Pistons in three-point percentage at 38%. Hayes has a left thumb injury that he actually missed a game last night, and he did practice on Sunday, today, and he is uncertain for Monday's game, but I don't think this is anything long-term to be worried about, and the way that he's started to play as of late is kind of encouraging. Yeah, I definitely have to be encouraged after the way he started the season off. You kind of were... A little bit fearful that he hasn't made any improvements since last year, but starting to pick it up a little bit, and it's good to see. Next is DeAndre Ayton. He has got his lower leg bruise still. He is doubtful for Monday night's game. We'll be interested to see if he actually ends up playing, which is probably tonight by the time you're hearing this. But, I mean, fire up your JaVale McGee's, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. JaVale McGee will get a couple spot starts here and there throughout the season. So now's the time to use them. I I heard he he did get imaging done and everything came back negative. So it should just be a short-term shelving for DeAndre Ayton. Got a couple of Lakers to talk about. Anthony Davis was questionable, probable, just doing whatever Anthony Davis does for every single game. Uh, he ended up playing against Portland and then left after seven minutes due to stomach illness. 
AKA getting your butt absolutely smacked by Yusuf Nurkic. And then LeBron has an abdomen injury that he's going to be out at least a week. Kendrick Nunn actually found a bone bruise in his knee, and it's going to be two to three weeks before he's reevaluated. No further updates on THT and the stitches coming out of his thumb, though he did end up putting some shots up late last week, like we talked about uh, in a previous episode. Yeah, a lot of stuff on the Lakers. It's They are one of the older teams in the league, but it's – it's not what you want to see. Even their young they, guys are nicked up. Like THT, none. Yeah. Like, man. They, they do eventually need to get healthy and kind of gel together because I know that's a big part of, of what they do on the defensive end at the very least. So we'll we'll see how that looks good moving forward. But not everything is going so so well to start off the season for the Lakers. No, absolutely not. Speaking of not starting off well, if you thought that Michael Porter Jr.'s season couldn't get off to a worse start, Uh, I hope you saw the video of the layup that he tried to put up and ended up hurting his lower back because that is absolutely terrifying for a guy who came into the draft with lower back issues. Yeah, literally anything else. Like, you just do not want to see it. They said leg injury at first. It was like, oh, okay. And then they said back. It's like, (gasps) (laughs) exactly. You kind of hold your breath there for a minute. But hopefully the time off allows him to kind of collect his stuff. Thoughts and when he's back on the court, he'll be the MPJ that we all know and love. Hopefully, Nick Claxton got assigned to the G League and is apparently healthy enough to be playing a little bit. He's been kind of disappointing for me as an owner of him this season, and I'm hoping that this is a good sign for him coming back and starting to further establish himself in that Nets fiasco of a big man rotation. He's still a long-term hold, though. If you look at the the bigs on the on the Nets team, they're they're all old, they're aging. So he's he's young, he's athletic, he's still definitely a long-term hold. But yeah, I agree with you. It's not what we were wanting to see right off the bat this season. Not at all. Jalen Brown has a hamstring injury and may miss a couple weeks. He missed a couple games already with that same issue, and it didn't seem like it was that serious until the post game from what would be Saturday night uh, when they lost to Luka Doncic and the Mavericks and it may be a couple weeks. And that is not great for a team who has identity issues already in the Celtics. Yeah. Josh Richardson stepped up uh, a little bit. He'll be the guy that probably benefits the most. I know they put Dennis Schroeder in the starting lineup, but as far as minutes go, I, I think Josh Richardson is going to be the guy to see the biggest increase. Shout out to Aaron Neesmith as well for playing over 20 minutes, which is exciting for us because we believe in him quite a bit. PJ Washington will be missing the next two games, which does include the game that they're playing right now. So by the time you listen to this, it will be one game. Uh, He's just got a arm injury. I'm not sure if this is something to be concerned about on the injury front, but it could like, he has just not been very good this year and he's not playing as much. So maybe the injury was part of that, but it could just be that, that's just the way his role is going to be this, this season. Yeah. He had the right, the right knee injury early on. And then he was finally able to recover from that. And then now he's got the, the elbow injury that he just had. So uh, kind of an up and down season for him so far. And a guy that I was extremely high on coming into the year, I thought he fit just extremely well as a small ball five on this team. And he still does. So hopefully he can get healthy and, but it, it does seem like it's going to be a pretty even split with him and Plumley moving forward. Kelly Oubre has been taking a lot of minutes there as they play more plumbly and traditional center. 
just hoping that they can run and gun when they don't have Plumlee on the floor. So if you still have Ubre, you've got a couple more games of enjoying that. Uh, <laughs> Kawhi Leonard is ahead of schedule on his ACL recovery, which is great news for us, for us managers who have him. Do you think that he plays in this regular season? I know the Clippers aren't doing super great, and it seems like they probably want to ramp Kawhi up before they just his first game is in the playoffs. But they're going to be they're going to handle him with kid gloves, right? Yeah, and if if you look at Kawhi's injury history, he's a guy that's not not going to bring himself back before he is fully ready, both physically and mentally. And if the Clippers aren't near the top, or you know, I I have a hard time seeing them even rush him back if they're just fighting for an eighth seat. So uh, he's going to take his time. He's going to make sure he's fully back and healthy and strong before he starts playing. Uh, So it's great to see that he is ahead of schedule, but I am still a little bit skeptical of him being back and contributing during our fantasy playoffs. Yeah. LA Clippers right now, four and four and 10th in the West, which is probably not going to hold because they've got teams like the Kings and even I guess the Grizzlies probably stay ahead of them, but it's a tight race. They're one and a half games back from a lot of those teams. So anything can happen. They might need him to be fresh, but they also could be fine with just being patient with their easily best player. D'Lo, he practiced today. No comment on him playing Monday. That's going to be a pretty big deal because Patrick Beverly has been a very hot waiver pickup in a lot of leagues. And Malik Beasley has actually been relevant here lately, which I know that you are happy about, (laughs) except uh, just just to try and trade him. That's pretty much it. Yeah, Beasley's definitely been the one to benefit the most. Um, But also Anthony Edwards playmaking. Uh, He's he's seen a little bit of a boost in his assists here the past couple games, just just having to have the ball in his hands more. So that's interesting to see from him, too, and I'm glad he's taking that next step forward in his game. And then one of our favorite contracts of the offseason, Zach Collins, uh, is absolutely not one of our favorite contracts. He will not return before Christmas, which, okay, like that that is just that is such a deflating note to end on for this injury <laughs> updates, but uh, they did pay him, and he could have a role on this team. But and yeah. if you own him, are you like you're kind of happy? That he's not coming back. That way you can just continue to stash him on his IR. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, just wait till he gets fully healthy for next season when they don't have that or whatever. So yeah, not, not a bad thing there, I guess. I mean, if you have a team like mine and you've got Kawhi on IR, Wall on IR, Simmons on IR, Fultz, Jalen, Isaiah Jackson, Killian Hayes, you could probably use that IR slot. So you're not going to be that <laughs> upset when he comes back. But expectations are probably low for a guy who's played like a year's worth of games across three and a half years or something like that. And that is all of the injury updates that we have so far. I don't think there were any that happened today that we need to touch on, but if we do, we will do so in a future episode, probably in a rapid fire format like we just did. And now we are moving on to talk about the Sacramento Kings. And we are extremely excited to be joined by Jillian Edge, who is part of the Hoopball Kings podcast. So Jillian, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you guys for having me on. Absolutely. Just we, coming, off, coming off a nice win from last night. So yeah, yeah. Could we're feeling good. Time this better. Uh, Rashawn Holmes, our guy, collective pun intended and Hoopball Kings guy, because boy, that that deal was a, was an absolute fleece when it happened. And now it looks even better as Rashawn continues to dominate this year. Yep. And he's such a good dude. So it's, it's nice to see, you know, good guys rewarded that have, that have put in the work. Um, 
And like, and, and what's funny is on social media, like we're always saying how he's underpaid, but then we feel bad for it. Cause like we interact with him and his family. And so yeah. we're like, do we want to keep saying that? Like, right. it's like, I mean, Hey, you're making less than you could. Like, he like... Deserves to get paid. like he still got paid a lot of money, yeah. but like he should have got paid more, but we always feel bad when we're like such a steal. And we're like, sorry, but thank you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> he's just, he's just a nice guy. Just taking a team yep. discount to try and try and build a contender. So as you guys are playing pretty well this season, I think a little bit of ups and downs, we have an idea of what the rotation looks like. And I, I just wanted you to elaborate a little bit on that as far as some of the players who aren't nearly as featured in the rotation as what we may have thought coming into the season and some players who are just doing way more than what we would have thought coming into this season. Sure. So starting, uh, I think it was like a couple days before the first game, uh, Luke Walton came out and said that he was going to be sticking with a, uh, I think he said eight, nine man rotation. He might've said nine, 10, but uh, it alluded. Right. And then basically said uh, Marvin Bagley was not going to be in the rotation. And I know everybody saw the, the agent statement that came out which to us is really funny because he also is the agent of Harrison Barnes and he was the agent of Harry Giles. And so there's a lot of history with that for a lot of people that don't know. Um, but he basically had three people vying for like a spot here. <laughs> and so it kind <laughs> of turned, they all turned on each other. So I think there was some pent up uh, frustration between old front office and then obviously new. Um and so for some people, Marvin Bagley not being in the rotation might be kind of surprising, but in the same sense, uh, this is Walton's last year on contract. So uh, he's kind of made it pretty clear that this year is to win where previous years were about development and winning, but obviously they want to take that next step and him and the rest of the coaching staff want to keep their jobs. So it's that fine line between um, trying to play people that are ready and then still getting people up to speed. So Marvin Bagley's out of the rotation. And then we did see uh, Terrence Davis was in the rotation. The first couple games, he went on a, a really cold streak uh, he, similar to buddy where they're either really hot or they're really cold usually. And unfortunately he was going cold. He got his first couple minutes again, last night against Charlotte um, and got his shot back, which everyone was really excited to see. So I would say he's one where he's not in the rotation now, but that could always change of injury. Or if he starts getting hot again, Walton has no, um, hesitation about throwing him out there when, when he's, uh, firing at all cylinders. Um, the rest of it, Fox is starting with Tyrese Halliburton now, and that leaves buddy healed coming off the bench, which for, uh, most Kings fans and even Dave Yeager, when he was here, uh, he very much preached that Buddy should be a six man type coming off the bench just because he's lights out uh, when he is in that role. And you can very much see that his his points are up, his rebounds are up. And so um, I would say anyone that's in Dynasty but contending, I would keep looking at Buddy Heald because he's going to keep getting the minutes. And uh, especially if you're in a point league or even if you're in um, Roto, uh, like if you're looking for threes, he's definitely, he's leading the league right now in, in three-point makes, I believe. So he's definitely one that uh, I would keep on if you need threes. Um, Harrison Barnes is 
playing the best basketball of his career right now. Uh, he's also averaging 37 minutes a game. So uh, I'm not sure how sustainable it is, but uh, we did see this from him last year uh, to start the season. But uh, once they made the trades to get a little bit more depth, his role kind of changed. Um, he's back in that role again now. So I would say at least from now until the trade deadline, uh, he looks very comfortable and not forcing anything. So uh, he is another one that um, if you have the opportunity to get him, I don't think you would necessarily be, you'd have to worry much about his production. He's He's been one of our most consistent players since he's, uh, since he's joined the Kings Fox, he's in a little bit of a slump right now. Um, as is a lot of point guards, uh, we're seeing in the league. I also think part of the problem is him having to adjust with Tyrese Halliburton joining the starting lineup and, and buddy, um, coming off the bench because Tyrese does take over some of the playmaking duties and, and initiating the offense. So I do think that there's a kind of a line of them trying to figure each other out uh, in this new role. Um, but I would say the last two games, he's looked a little bit more like the De'Aaron Fox. But what's nice is, I mean, this isn't necessarily nice for fantasy, but it's nice for the Kings when it comes to wins is he's not having to be that star Fox that, that we've talked about in the past. Um, there've been seven Kings the last two games uh, in both games that were in double figures. So because it's spreading around and guys are doing more, he's not having to kind of take over and do what, do what he was doing. It's hard to know right now if that's going to continue or, I mean, I'd imagine at some point during the season, like they're going to need him to be that, that guy he was before, just because uh, during a season you have the ups and downs injuries, all that kind of stuff. Um, but right now I, I do think that I wouldn't be selling him. If I was, if I was an owner of a Fox in, in fantasy, um, he has showed a tendency to figure it out when he started slow before too. Um, and he's grown every year he's been in the league. So we haven't really seen a season yet in the four seasons where he's gone down. Um, so at least history in that sense tells us that he'll be fine and figure it out. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, that guy's a Swiss army knife. He will give you everything points, assists, rebounds. Like he, I think he's one of seven guards currently averaging over one steal and over one block. Um, so he adds the defense in addition to providing you basically everything in offense, um, not totally flashy, but again, does everything. And then Rashawn Holmes, um, if you could buy him, if you could buy him, I would, if you have the opportunity and someone's selling, um, I, I don't see him dropping off at all because the one beautiful thing is him and Tyrese showed a great connection last year. And for anyone that's watched them play this year, these numbers are out of the ordinary, just because everything he's doing right now is in the normal flow of the offense. So it's not like they're forcing him. He's getting great shots, um, high percentage shots. Uh, it's, it's just working really well having Tyrese and him together. Uh, so I would be shocked if these numbers really go down for him just in that sense, because um, again, you're not forcing anything and it's, it's in the general flow. And then Davion, he's averaging 27 minutes a night. 
Um, he's giving you defense. He's now showing us offense. He's hitting threes. I think he was four for five last night. Um, he's shown us now where he had an eight game assist uh, or uh, eight assists during a game. Um, so again, he's, he's kind of flashing everywhere, but right now for the Kings, they all are, are producing. So um, it's hard to know if that's going to last. I know the roster, at least now, that's not going to change. If, if you are worried about these guys fluctuating in minutes or anything like that, the only thing that would hurt that at this point is injury. Um, the rotation is set. That's, that's not changing um, unless, again, a trade or injury. So um, they're all getting high minutes. They're going to have their opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of good stuff there. I know coming into the year with the Kings, we were all interested on how this backcourt was going to shake out. Um, and you mentioned Buddy Heal. There's a, a pretty negative outlook on him coming into this season uh, and what he can provide for us fantasy players just because coming off the bench, reduction of minutes. But it doesn't seem like it's affected his fantasy production whatsoever. If anything else, like you mentioned, he's averaging a career high in three-pointers, um, still scoring about the same amount of points as he did last year in less minutes. Do you see the Kings ever going to a, a three guard rotation or um, what's your outlook on Buddy Hield moving forward? Do you foresee a trade in the possible future? I know he's still got two more years left on his contract. Yeah. Um, at this point, I know how close that we know all know how close that deal was with, with the Lakers going into the season. But a lot of that too was based on him not wanting that six man role. But he's made it very clear. He's had the conversations with Luke that he will that he's here still. He will buy into whatever role he wants to win. Um, whether that's all talk, I don't know. Um, but at this point, if he keeps playing this way, I have a hard time envisioning them trading unless it's for a star. Because we've heard from our general manager, that's kind of what he's trying to get is that that one star, you know, someone that becomes available to really kind of take this team, hopefully out of that 15 year playoff drought. But in terms of his role, I don't, I don't see it changing at least as of now, just because it's working. Um, again, if some, if it starts failing and they have, you know, another nine game losing streak, like they had two last year, I think everything's open on the table, but as long as it's working, I have a hard time uh, seeing them change and the general man and Bonnie said at the beginning too, that, um, prior to him making any moves, he really wanted to see how this group gelled to start off the season. And that it seems like they're really happy with what's going on. Uh, I have a hard time at this point too, seeing his production go down just because again, similar to Rashawn Holmes, like it's, it's very much what they've always wanted the role for him to be. And uh, he's not forcing too much, which he kind of had an issue with in previous seasons. Uh, he's buying in, so he seems okay about it. And that was kind of an issue before. Um, so, yeah, I, I would keep writing it. I would keep writing it. That's one of the interesting things I was watching for this season is when it seemed like Buddy was coming off the bench is how that was going to be handled. Because I think it was pretty clear last year that Halliburton needed to start, like, He's so yeah. good and he needs to be out there as much as possible. And Buddy drew the short end of the stick if they weren't going to go with three guards, which I don't think they really wanted to do for most times because that just gets into some weird mismatches on the defensive <laughs> yeah. end. But 
Buddy scoring more this year, despite playing six minutes less, is is very, very impressive. His assists are cut in half. He was 3.6 last year, down to 1.8 this year, which is a little bit of a bummer for a fantasy outlook because you could always count on him for, yeah. you know, just a, a handful of assists, nothing elite. But him That buying, surprised me. It seems like he has more during a game it, where he's making some really smart passes out there. And so maybe that's why it seems like there's more going on. Well, and especially with that second unit, because yeah. he he is doing more ball handling, it seems like. It's, it surprised me, too, when I pulled it up. I thought for sure he'd be maybe yeah. a little bit less, but half is a bit of a surprise. So you mentioned Bagley being out of the rotation and Davion being in the rotation, getting 27 minutes a game. Is is Bagley going to be on the team after the trade deadline? Is there any like Is there any way that they find a trade and get something back just to get him off the team and maybe get another second draft guy? Or is there right. a chance that they are just seeing what they have this year with the players that are currently in the rotation and maybe bring him back along later in the year? Yeah. I think the biggest problem that they've had in terms of a finding a trade that works is at least what we've been told it's been hard because based on his contract, I don't know if you guys know about the, because he's the the number two pick and part of his contract, if he had so many minutes that it yeah. could jump from, I think it was 11 to 14 million. And then if he doesn't, it could go from 11 to seven. Exactly. Um, and last year they tried to, to trade him at least from what we were told from Detroit uh, for Sadiq Bay. And Detroit said, no, we want to keep Bay and we don't want that contract. Um, I know his agent came out and said they turned down value deals. I still have a hard time believing that, honestly, just unless they're feeding us, you know, a load of <laughs> a load of crap. But I can understand a team being hesitant on trading for a guy that's I think he's played enough for, I don't know, maybe two seasons, a season and a half in his first, you know, in these first years. And he has shown flashes, but the problem is, is he hasn't shown the flashes on defense and so many big guys, right. Are fine offensively, but you need someone that's going to give you something defensively. Um, So I think that, the team wants to find something. It's just, I don't know uh, a team that maybe will want to pay that kind of salary and then deal with the upcoming restricted free agency. There might be someone that, that takes, you know, a, a shot on it. I would love to see them try and figure out, you know, a player like if for Memphis, like, right. Uh, Brandon Clark's, you know, minutes have gone. That's the down. one I was thinking um, of. I keep seeing uh, it everywhere. Yeah. Slow-mo over there. Right. Who like now that guys are healthy, they're trying to figure out the rotation. If you could take a shot and find two young guys that can, you know, switch and get that change of scenery. I think they'd be all for it. And I know they, they had talked about um, Valanchunas with them uh, over the off season and they ended up choosing the Pelicans and Adams. And so I mean, we know that there's been discussions uh, and both parties, I think, pretty clear want to move on. It's just finding someone that's willing to take uh, that salary back. And they might have to wait till the offseason when it if it if he's not getting these minutes and it drops down to seven million. I think that might be a little bit more palatable for for someone too than uh, the 11 or 14. So with that one, it's just such a question mark. And he's got, I think. 
what he's averaging. I think it said 10 minutes a game, but he's only had one game where he, where he played 10 minutes. And so uh, he didn't even get minutes in that 30 point blowout we had yesterday. Um, so it's just so hard to predict right now with him at this point, unless there's injury, he's not, he's not in the rotation and they've kind of made that pretty, pretty clear. So unfortunately with Bagley, if you have them and you're not contending, I mean, it doesn't hurt to hold on to them. If, if you're someone that's completely rebuilding, um, because again, like I, he has shown that he can play in the league. It's just, he's going to have to find that right spot for him. And unfortunately with the Kings, they have so many holes that they can't afford to put someone out that only plays one side of the ball. Yeah. And we had somebody ask us just the other day, uh, if they should pick up Bagley on their team. And we definitely both agree that he should be owned and stashed away. If you can afford to hold Mm -hmm. on to him. Yeah. Um, last thing before we uh, sign off here, uh, we always like to get like a young player outlook uh, for teams. Uh, we know Sacramento has a, a bunch of young, talented players that have s- steady roles. Is there any player on this team that you feel could contribute uh, in the near future? Um, just looking at this roster, I know a guy like Louis King is somebody that a lot of uh, players in bigger leagues have stashed away, or if there's a minor league slot, um, they have stashed in that minor league slot. Is there any surprising players or somebody that you think is really going to bust out within the next that three to five year outlook. We're Kings fans are right there with you. We want the, the Louis King uh, takeover. We have such a need for that wing depth that um, that's, that would be my guy out of, out of any of our, whether it be two ways or um, you know, our first two year rookies that we have, I know there's Jemise Ramsey, Robert Woodard, and Louis King. And to me, Louis King has showed the most out of any of those guys. And just based on um, uh, the needs of the team, I'm 100% with you that that's that's the guy I would be targeting as well. And a lot of us are hoping that they find a way to sign him to a a full-term contract this year. Um, since he is on the last year of his, uh, his two way. And I don't know if you saw his stats from last night in the G league game, but he went off for like 33 points, 11 to 13 rebounds assists. He gives you the blocks and steals. So, um, I know they're very much excited about him and if they can lock him up, there's no reason he won't be the backup three, at least to start next year. If there's no trade made. Yeah. Just look at this rotate, like. Mo Harkless is on there as one of your only guys over six, seven, like Robert Woodard, like you said, who's not an NBA player at this moment. And so there's definitely a role if he can come out there and stop the Kings Mm -hmm. from playing these three guard lineups. And I think it shows too, that they haven't used any of his days yet, which to me means they're kind of stashing them, uh, knowing that they're going to need it. And so, uh, like they called up Woodard uh, yesterday, but didn't suit him, but that still counted as a day and he didn't play in Stockton. And so um, to me, the fact that they're getting Louie those minutes and not, not use, not, they haven't wasted any of those days yet uh, shows me that they, they expect to use them at some point. Yeah. That's a super deep cut. I really, really glad to hear that. I'm picking him up in our 30 team as we speak. Uh, Jillian, <laughs> thank you very much for joining us. Where can people find you and what do you have working on that people need to know about? 
Um, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Jill Adge, J-I-L-L-A-D-G-E. And then I am on the Hoopball Kings podcast on here. Um, and then, yeah, basically Twitter, Instagram, and then uh, the various uh, podcasts we have we have going around. But we our episodes are Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, so, yeah. That's and they just had all a, really, Kings. <laughs> a really big one with uh, a really big guest. So if you haven't yes. already seen that, go check out Jillian's Twitter feed. Go check out the Hoopball Kings because it's a good one. I listened to it and it's, Thank you. it is a good one. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. A guest that you definitely need to be catching up on. So yeah. And we're excited. We'll, we'll have him on a couple more times um, as the season goes. So to get his thoughts on. Yeah. I mean, half the team was built by his dad as a, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, as just a spoiler there. So, uh, yep. yeah, it's always interesting to get those perspectives. As long as he's honest, which I think he was. So that's, yeah. that's always good. Cause he you, was, can, you yeah. know, you can get he into was some a good bias. sport. He was yeah, a good he sport. Was. Yeah. He was. All right. Awesome. Well, all of you out there, we did update our dynasty rankings and we will be putting something out about that here shortly. So please check those out. Check out our player comp episode we just did and the subsequent article that will be coming out on hoop-ball.com for you fantasy pass subscribers and as always thank you very much for tuning in this has been a hoop ball presentation